Yeah, so we're go we're going Check to the away. Masters on Monday. We won these we won these tickets through this lottery, and I signed up for the lottery, thinking that it was kind of this bucket list father son thing, you know, like yeah, yeah. go with your go go with your dad to the Masters once in a life, and that mm. sounded good. And so we won <laughs> we won two tickets, and then my mom found out about it, and she was like, "Well, I want to go," and <laughs> so. So how'd you get another ticket? So we don't. So there was so much um, kind of attention around these two tickets and that there were suddenly now three of us who wanted to go that I just gave them the two tickets because... Oh, well, that's good of you. I, good sign. Yeah, son. I'm here in Atlanta and I'll have an opportunity. And so, and they're for a Monday practice round. It's the least important day there. So what we're going to do is we're going to drive down and... If I end up finding a ticket that's, you know, affordable, uh, I'll pick one up and go in with them. And if I don't, then I'll just let, you know, let them go and I'll go play some golf somewhere or something like that. <laughs> nice, nice. It's good. Yeah. Good. It's, uh, it doesn't really sound much whiter or southern than the description of what we'll be doing on Monday morning. <laughs> but <laughs> right. right. Yeah, it's uh I, I you know, I don't know much about well, I really don't know much about golf, um, much less the masters, but that's Augusta that you're driving to, is it? Yeah, it's just down the road from Atlanta. It's about two and a half hours. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's you can do it in a day kind of thing. Right, right. Um, wow! Wow! So they're in town, and they're they're obviously getting a chance to see um, see their granddaughter and hang out. I'm sure any excuse for them to be able to do that, they love as well. Yeah, it's been a great it's been a great visit. We we and I turned uh, my dad into a craft beer mule. <laughs> right, right. So he's off getting it for you then, or well, they drove here from Maine, and so I said. Okay, here's here's what we need from Maine, and gave him a little list, and then he went around to all these breweries in Portland and and made this big production of uh, printing out the email that I sent and walking into these places and saying, "Okay, well, here's what I'm supposed to pick up. Do you have?" And you know, like <laughs> listing right. So ingredients for your brewing, then is that what it no, is? No, just these special or bottles of stuff. Yeah, bottles and cans of special stuff up there. That's just. Uh, you can't get anywhere really outside the Northeast, and there's such a uh, such a kind of renaissance that's happening in Maine, um, and the quality of the stuff is is kind of it's extraordinary when compared to what we have here. Not to say what we have here is bad, but they're just on a, there's another level of um, craftsmanship going on up there. They're making art. They're making liquid art. In some of these places, it's incredible. Right. So, um, wow. So, which breweries in particular? Any any names I might know? No, no. They're they're new. They're these new places that my sister and I visited um, when we were we were up there. I don't know in January or February during a snowstorm. We both flew into Portland and then uh, went around to these breweries. I think that's probably the last time that we talked. I remember we talked about it a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah. So so. He, I don't think he likes the term mule, but 
pretty much that's right, that's what I can't imagine he, he, he likes the responsibility of picking up the stuff and uh, trafficking it literally <laughs> driving it down down here so uh, i had my my uh, beer friend over last night and we uh, went through some of the stuff and it was just so great yeah so right. it's just yeah it's a great weekend it's everything's cool down here how's the uh, how's the funding chase going Oh, man, it's just totally exhausting. I have good weeks and bad weeks, and this last week was a good week with good meetings, and then there's follow-ups where, um, you know, it's kind of like getting a rectal exam. They go through all of your finances, and they want to know everything about, you know, everything. And so, yeah, uh, nowhere near a conclusion with that. It could go on forever as far as I'm concerned. So just exhausting. They're really probing your bottom line. They are probing everything. They are definitely inserting, uh, <laughs> injecting a lot of um, uh, of analysis at the moment. Let me tell you, analysis, analysis, <laughs> exactly. So that's exhausting. But um, but I um, I went to this cra- just on the beer thing. We you know you've heard me talk about Houston Tap, this craft yeah, beer of course. place next to the train station. I I take home. Well, just because this is a long weekend, so we've got a bank holiday or had one yesterday and have one Monday. uh, Mm -hmm. Easter here in the UK, you get the Friday and the Monday off, which is kind of nice. And I bought – I just – they sell them individually, but they're very expensive because they have to import them. But I found a few decent beers. And I got a couple from that Ska Brewing Hmm. in Colorado. I don't know about that. Which makes that – it, it makes one called Modus Hopperandi. Oh, I think which I've is heard of a nice that. little yeah. uh, IPA. And um, and I got a couple of those, and I'm going to crack them tonight. So it's my little um, weekend uh, of, of at least a few craft beers, and I've got a few other decent ones around as well. So I'm kind of indulging this weekend. That sounds great. Hey, one, one thing to pay opinion. attention to, if uh, any of the cans or bottles that you get from the States are IPAs, and have mm. on them when they were canned or bottled. It'd be interesting to see to pay attention to see how fresh it is. That's like really interesting. The latest the latest kind of thing is it's so funny because you remember Budweiser doing this twenty years ago where they were like, yeah, We date yeah, our yeah. cans for freshness. Yeah, I used to say something like born. Yeah, born on date, 19, right? Nineteen eighty nine. It, it's funny too because they were doing that with really low hopped, non hopped, you know, American pilsners, and it, the freshness doesn't really matter. But with these really high hopped and floral and citrusy IPAs, there is a dramatic fall off um, in time. So I'd say anything within three months is good, and then after then you will you will notice a little bit of a change. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how quickly stuff's getting exported over to you guys. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess um, when I pop it tonight, I'll take a look. I'll send you. Um, are you still using Untapped a lot? Yeah, I, yeah, it's kind of a goofy, fun place to keep track of things for sure. Yeah, I, I'm not. I need to get back into that because I switched. I think I was just telling you on text earlier. I switched from back from Android to the iPhone and Apple world uh, about two weeks ago. And man, it's so good to be back. That's all so, I can say. It's, you know, why? It's why did you make exactly, the move back? It was almost exactly one year to the day. I, I just randomly noticed. So I've been on Android for one year and on a couple of different Android devices. And I mm-hmm. was a pretty 
pretty sworn, you know, uh, Android person. I was well into it, um, defended mm -hmm. it, uh, attacked at times Apple and iPhone. I was so into it. <laughs> um, but, um, but in anticipation of the Apple Watch, I knew I would have to migrate back. I just knew yeah. I would want the Apple Watch. So a few weeks ago, I sold my, my, my most recent Android um, handset, which was this Galaxy, Samsung Galaxy Note Edge. It had this edge screen thing to it, which mm -hmm. was kind of wacky. Um, sold that, and on eBay, with the money I sold that for, I, I bought a iPhone 6, just a 16 gig, kind of a basic one. Sure. And uh, it's great. It's just fantastic. I mean, my only complaint is the space. 16 the gigs space. is impossible it's, to it's, live with. Yeah. I, we've always got the bargain basement, you know, smallest phone. And we're both at that level where it's just, it's becoming almost kind of unusable. Well, yeah, know, because we're parents and we take anything. photos and videos yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And frankly, you know, when it comes time to even, you know, update the um, the firmware, you just have no space to even do that. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a kind of an interesting thing in that they're, they used to make this, you know, people would say that they used to make the software so that uh, you couldn't launch apps on an old phone after a while, so that forces you to upgrade. Now it's really a space issue that just the amount of gigs that a phone can hold is forcing people's hands to upgrading into new phones to get a bigger phone. Not necessarily because the software's bunk, but because the hardware's too slim. And it's not, it just can't be a cost issue. I don't understand why the base iPhone wouldn't at least be 32 gigs now that it goes 1664, 128. Um, it, crazy. It, goes to, it jumps to 64. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, there's no 32, um, which makes people wonder why didn't they start on 32. I mean, you know, especially yeah. with... The fact that Apple is spending most of its time flaunting how good the camera is and you're shooting in 1080p and you're doing HDR yeah. and you're doing slow motion video. I mean, all of those cool new features in a 16 gig iPhone is, you it's can't really ridiculous. use It's ridiculous. You can't. Yeah. I, 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 I do use them and I just struggle along with it and I'm always deleting stuff and deleting apps and trying to maximize space. And I was, it, it actually happened this morning. We had dance class this morning with the girl and you know, we were there, and I, I think I was taking a little hyperlapse video, and it, it said, no, you know, you can't do this. Yeah. And so I go into my overcast and start deleting these big files, you know, because overcast downloads the podcasts yeah, yeah. directly to the phone. And that's kind of my cash for making space is deleting pod, unlistened to podcasts, which is right. just, that's just not um, scalable. That's not too tenable. You can't. It's you know in some ways it's a minor beef, but but uh, you know Allison and I both know that the next one's got to be it's got to be bigger and yeah, yeah so, it's not, so the next it's not one a pill we want to swallow. And I've done the same. I've always bought the base one because I figured I keep everything in the cloud one way or the other anyway. I don't need to yeah. pay the ridiculous fees also that they charge uh, for you know a f what you can get like a thumb drive, 128 gigs for you know like 10 bucks, and they charge like 120 bucks um, to go up the step. It just you just can't do it on good conscience. That's pure just profit. Feel disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Uh, you know, um, shoot. Yeah. But you mentioned Overcast. So one of the things now that I've migrated back, um, you know, there's a couple of decent podcast apps on Android, you know, Pocket Casts and a few others. But man, this Overcast is a great little app. I've started listening to podcasts using the um, Smart Speed thing. 
And it's fantastic. It cuts out. So it doesn't feel like sometimes you can hear things being sped up, but it doesn't really ruin the quality of the podcast. I think it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. It does a really great job. That's an it's a great app, and and you'll come across little bugs from time to time, and then like you notice that they get fixed, and yeah, it's fantastic. I got no complaints with that. I I think I'm up to already having saved a day's worth of time listening. Oh yeah, with I found Smart you Speed. can go you can go <laughs> into that section and find out what you saved. Yeah, that's great. I mean, just think about how many more podcasts you can listen to basically. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. So, um so I so I got some I got some news to share with you. Hit me. <laughs> what kind hit of me. a lead in is that? <laughs> yeah, hit me. Hit me or uh, or we'll talk about, you know, iPhone forever. So, by all means. I know, news. I know. So, uh the good news is we're expecting number 2. Oh, wow. <laughs> Man, that's the kind of news that um <laughs> It really kind of makes anything else stupid. You know, I might have started talking about video games or something. Jeez, that is so much more important. Man, that's that's great. Yeah, fantastic. It's coming, coming in September. September. And, uh, wow. And yeah. how far along are you guys? I mean, I, I could do know. the math, but that yeah. would be challenging it's, for me. At the yeah, moment. it's too simple at this point. Right. Um, so September, yeah, September. That's we're right. uh, we're getting there. And right, you're Allison's getting there. doing all right, and everything's kind of normal. And uh, we're not going to find out again. We're not going to find out, boy or girl. Wow! Wow! Okay. And, uh, good. Good. The girl thinks is convinced it's another girl, which is right, exciting. Okay. Good. And she kind of understands what's going on. You've kind of explained it, and yeah, she gets it's, it. It's really great. Like that kind of um, education process is really pretty cool. And yeah. she's yeah, she's fired up about it, and we're excited oh, man, that that's great. They'll have sibling, Each will have a sibling. So yeah. So we're, we're um, it's funny. I was talking about it just the other day with someone, and and I said, yeah, you know, our daughter's three, and then in September we're pressing the reset button because right, it, it just right. totally like. You know what it was like three years ago when you guys were up at three o'clock in the morning, and then that passes really like it it passes and it, if you guys don't have another kid or whatever, like that will be something you did once, and we're gonna be doing it twice, you know <laughs> but, <laughs> we're, but, we're pre- pressing got, the reset button we've got friends here about the same kind of thing, three year old and expecting um and a couple who've just had the second and and it seems in some ways you know your stress level is lower about it um so the experience isn't isn't necessarily the first time and added that again to what you have it's um you know for them it's not necessarily harder really so it, it doesn't have to be i don't think yeah yeah i'm not nervous about it that much i mean it's gonna it's gonna be happening right in the middle of the busiest time of my year professionally which will be a challenge but um it's uh yeah i just don't want to deliver this kid at home by accident that's what that's what i gotta stay away from well i was about to say it's funny i was was about to say and i didn't want to be um insensitive but i was about to say that as soon as the first signs are there get to the hospital as soon as possible yeah that's we're not gonna mess around with that this time yeah gotcha good but wow man congratulations please pass on uh my best to allison as well she doing okay i mean is the i guess it's first trimester time isn't it yeah the the first one did not go 
well, I guess, the first three months. So we're coming out of that now. It's, but it's oh, been okay. really difficult. Okay. And, you know, she's working full time and it's I don't know how women do it. Like, you know, I, I don't know how much of a wuss you are about getting sick. Like, I'm a total wuss. Like, oh, I've got a cold. You know, like uh, th- th- people say that about men that we're just total wusses uh, about getting true. sick. But it's true. No, like, it's so true. If, if I had to go to work with, like, dizziness, feeling bloated, feeling like I'm going to throw up at any moment, I mean, no way. No yeah, way. Yeah, I wouldn't and, go to work. And, and women feel that way day in, day out for months. I know. You know? It's crazy. It's I don't crazy. know how they do it. I don't I – don't, I don't know how working women have kids and then, you know, go back to work within some within five weeks. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's always been crazy to me. And especially when you see the, um, you know, like movie star women, when they have babies, oh, they, um, they, you know, they're, they're in a film two weeks later and they're, you know, they're all thin and muscular. And, and I don't understand that. They, they obviously have some kind of surgery to do that. Yeah, well, it's the uh, the ever present C section, right? That helps. Oh with yeah, all of, that. of course. Yeah, of course, of course. That's very trendy. I wonder. Actually, it probably doesn't help with that at all. But I, you know, I don't really know. Like that, that wouldn't affect a woman's weight. Listen to us pontificating. I know. About Can women, you only imagine what a... <laughs> It's really bad. <laughs> it's horrible. It talks about uh, being unqualified for this conversation. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just imagine. Yeah, I wonder it. what they do. Yeah. Check this out, though. I saw the. I saw something that kind of blew my mind the other day, and it was. I'm so impressed with what Vice is doing. You know, over the last couple of years and. I remember last year I was at this uh, kind of art retreat thing with artists and somebody brought up Vice and I was just like, I think they're creating some of the best stuff out there. You know, um, their articles are, are kind of crazy and ridiculous and at a particular demographic, but their video content is so powerful and it's like way better than broadcast television and way better than 60 Minutes even. And like, it's just they're doing amazing stuff but anyways they they I saw a vice story i think it was on their show about surrogate motherhood and surrogate birthing in india where westerners come in and provide the egg and sperm and these indian these poor indian women get artificially you know the ivf treatment so they right. carry the baby to term and then the western parents fly in and pick up their baby oh Um, my god really yeah and it's and it was like watching you know science fiction that's already here like ivf has always felt like science fiction and then i but i didn't realize to what level I mean, surrogacy was all about and in fact i think i have a friend who was a surrogate for a gay couple uh, two gay men, and so she carried their baby, um, and so it's something that you can do to earn money. And it's funny, like I ha- she's she's a friend of mine, and I knew she did that, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I saw the story about it being this industry, like a le- like a serious industry with people making tons of money off of it in India, particularly off of women who don't have really opportunity for education or opportunity for careers or you know it's like low caste women 
And it was just totally shocking. It just blew my mind. And it was all cesareans. That was the thing is that they all come into the hospital. They even live at the, they live at these kind of birthing centers for nine months. And then they get their cesarean scheduled. And then the baby gets whisked out the front door with the new parents. And then it's like, and it's happening like every 10 minutes. And it was just so shocking. Wow. So, so is it... Uh, is it done because they need medically need that surrogacy to even have a baby or do some well, people you, use it as a way to get around? So. Yeah. I, uh, I, th- I think it's probably a lot of the latter, what you were maybe about to say. Yeah. That's what scares me that, that it, just to get around the um, inconvenience of the pregnancy and the birth kind of thing. Yeah. yeah you know, uh, wow. money, money can buy anything. And, what was weird about it is that here's the strange part. I, my knowledge of IVF comes from like a Lance Armstrong biography <laughs> like right. that I read, what, 10 years ago or something? Because with his cancer, you know, all of his goods had to be stored on ice and then injected. And, you know, that's and then his wife at the time had twins. And so IVF can lead has a preponderance of leading to twins. And so in this story... Because they inject, they 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 create like multiple embryos be, for the so that at least one succeeds, right? Because yeah, they exactly. you can't so they risk put, the yeah. cost of failure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We have so friends th- who have had twins because of that. Okay. Okay. So you know about that. Any, anyways, like twins are being born, but couples are only being told that there was one. And then the second one is getting like sold on the black market of human trafficking. <laughs> like, You're kidding? No, man, it's it's outrageous. Where is that? <laughs> is that that's not... in India? Oh, in India, right? Okay, jeez. Yeah, that kind of blew my mind. I'll, so I'll, come I'll... time at, for the sonogram and all of that, they're saying there's just one in there. I don't. I really don't know how they're doing jeez. it, but this vice reporter was like met up with this woman and to kind of ask more about, hey, what happens with these other babies? And the woman brought a baby to the meeting and <laughs> was basically like, you can have this one. Like, oh we'll sell God. you this one. Right. <laughs> like, what would be weird is if these we- if, if these Western families knew there was a twin, but were like, no, we can't take it. Or like, we only paid for one. We can't afford the second. Or right. whatever it is, like there are extra babies being created out of this industry. Oh Lord, it's God. just crazy to think about. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Where that's are we going, insane. man? What, what are we doing? Lord, oh. but back to the uh, original. Congratulations, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. very happy for you guys. <laughs> wow. So your parents must be obviously over the moon. They're, they're, is that yeah, is that I a think reason pretty, for this? They're visit, psyched about or, it. I mean, did that kind no, of no, not necessarily. Mm. Yeah, they're um, they'll probably come back in the fall when the when the new kids here. Um, but yeah, it was really all about uh, my mom getting a chance to see the Masters. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I didn't realize she was into golf as well. I thought it was just well, you and your dad. I think I don't. I can't say that she is. And this this I wonder if she'll ever hear this. But this is kind of my take on it. Is that um, some t- you you've met people in your life who. Uh, really put a lot of value on their proximity to status. Yeah. So I think it has a little bit of that to do with it. Like 
to be able to say that you were there and quite honestly to admire the the horticulturalness of the whole place right um, so it's beautiful this yeah, ground yeah and, and and to make you know she watches so to make something real that kind of currently exists only in the in the square tv format that is actually always an incredible experience whether you're at madison square garden or wherever it is a place that you've seen represented on television your whole life and then it's like you're there and you're like oh wow like this i actually love that transition from two-dimensional image to three-dimensional real space that you're walking around in god that's pretty awesome yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's why I hope you get in because uh, it seems like it'd be <laughs> such a shame if you don't go because you'd love it. Yeah, and I, um, you know, so we've been here what seven years now or so. I don't even know. I've been here maybe seven years, and this is the first legit ticket that I've that I've had. I've had promises of some, and you know, some things fall through here and there. So I. I shouldn't have a problem getting out there at some point if it doesn't happen on Monday. I'm not too concerned about it. <laughs> I'm actually just kind of laughing about the fact that I'm giving them my two tickets. <laughs> well, and you know that um, we've got baseball's opening day tomorrow and Monday. Um, for real. For real. Are you going to go to any Braves games? Is that something you do ever? No, no. I, we went to one game against the Red Sox last year, but I... I I never like the Braves. I can't stand that chant. Because I, I hate, I hate the Braves. Personally. And then, always hate yeah, them. yeah. And then they're leaving the city for this kind of uh, rich white suburb, the same, the same county that birthed um, the the old Speaker of the House. Who's that guy with the blonde hair in the '90s who ran Tip Congress? No, 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 no. Blonde <laughs> hair, it's chubby, chubby guy uh, who wrote sci-fi novels. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so Co- yeah. they're going to Cobb County, which is Newt Gingrich territory. They're moving they the Braves to Cobb County. Atlanta Braves. Well, everybody in Atlanta who's upset about them moving, so has, people have been reworking the logo into the Cobb County Braves. Like, oh, don't right, use see, Atlanta because it's not Atlanta. Like where they're going, it's not Atlanta. Anything outside the perimeter is not Atlanta to me, and um, they're outside the perimeter. So right, yeah. right. They don't represent Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's uh, and I totally understand because I hate the Braves as well. But if I had if I had proximity of a handful of miles, I uh, I miss baseball so much. I'm, I thank God I can watch at least with the MLB apps and things. Um, you, and you're welcome. Anytime you can get a nonstop, you know, from Heathrow, and you want to go check them out, maybe we'll, we'll just do go it. To a they're, Braves they're, game. They're, what the hell? They're here at the they're here at the old stadium for another year, maybe year and a half. They're here. Right. They're playing there all this season. At Turner Field, um, Ooh, that could yeah. be nice. Yeah, that could be a nice like long for weekend you. for me. Some some beer and baseball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. Oh, okay. for sure. I have to work on that. Uh, it's not like yeah, you're not expecting a second one, right? Like no, yeah. no, 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 no. Not as far as I'm aware. That's that's no. <laughs> right. We're good. We're topped up. Good, I, uh, good. Wow, good. Good to know. Yeah, you should come yeah, out here this I'd summer, love man. To do that. I'd I mean, love to do that. In fact, I'm going to talk to Steph about it tonight. Um, we've talked about meeting up in in Bamberg, but and and we should. And there's so many things that we could do. In fact, this is the time of year, Eddie, that I always circle around to our famous 2001 escapades across oh, right. yeah, um, yeah. Flanders Fields and uh, northern France, following Perry Roubaix. Yeah. So when is Perry Roubaix? It's next weekend. So this weekend tomorrow is rendezvous in flanders the tour of flanders 
Right, right. Which you next... followed before I came and met you, right? Yeah. I honestly I feel like the weekends have switched, but I might be wrong on that. And uh that they're they're always on neighboring weekends, but it's I <coughs> maybe they've never switched. Tour Flanders was always first. I can't can't recall. Because I remember you followed something first. Um, yeah, that had to have been Tour of Flanders. Tour yeah. of Flanders, and then I came over. We went to Perry Roubaix. That's right. And then we um, and we went to uh, what was used what well, at the time was called Saint Sixtus. Oh yes, of course, outside of Popperinge, West uh, West Vlederen. West Vlederen. Yep, absolutely. The absolutely. funny thing. The funny thing is, man, is that we did that before it had the cachet. That's the yeah, well, crazy before thing. Before Rate Beer and all those sites turned it into the um, before you know, beer the, became uh, data driven. White whale. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, there's there's a big article. I've, I I don't know if I can do it, but there's a there's gotta and we talked briefly in text about this, but there's gotta be a take on what's happened with this kind of second craft beer explosion and its intersection with being i think it's being data driven through through ratings essentially right. and and the gamification of ratings and how ratings create their own hype and their own um kind of untetheredness to real world and so case in point this big highly rated beer from founders which i think is in michigan came out here this week and it was its yearly release and it's called kbs it's like kentucky breakfast stout and it's a brilliant beer i've had a few of them over time and there were lines everywhere all over town like the everywhere that it appeared people you know they put out on their twitter feed we'll have kbs at 3 p.m you know you can't line up before then and they wouldn't have much of it and there were lines everywhere in the middle of the day in the middle of the work day and i just uh, you as a technology person would look at that and i guess me too as a technology you know person would be like this just doesn't scale like it does this isn't this isn't working like at some point more people are going to be upset that they didn't get it than than the people who will be happy that they did. And that just doesn't reflect well on yeah. the companies making the stuff. But the interesting thing is it kind of is like a precious metal in a way, too. So, it is. you know, if somebody has it or has tasted it or was able even to purchase it, so to speak, kind of like the gold Apple Watch, you know, it, there will be buyers. So I don't know. I think... It's interesting following all this. Let's keep let's keep rolling on it. Like to me, a line of people who want something and want to pay for it, it's it's kind of end game capitalism. It's capitalism at its full extension, where demand is outstripping supply. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing kind of community oriented or sharing economy or even hippie land you know uh look at this beautiful thing that we're making together it it all it is is about money at that point and and i think it's really far away from the ideals of that whole uh product space for lack of a better term you know of uh, yeah yeah i mean like like imagine imagine it rethought like distribution of these things rethought where like i keep coming up with this willy wonka type idea where somebody who doesn't expect it has access to it has never had it 
gets to experience it and is just like, oh my God, I'm a fan of this for life. Or like, why always put it in the hands of the nerdiest, most desperate, most able to afford it, most technologically connected to find out where and when it'll be. And then most flexible work hours who can kind of ditch work in the middle of the day to go stand in a line to wait to buy a four pack of beer. So here is a funny thing. The way that you describe that last few minutes, how is that? And I think it is before I say this, but how is that different than um, back when the dead were in their heyday and people were, were going, you know, trying to get tickets to the shows and that kind of thing. It's probably um, not. It's probably you know not what at I mean? all. Like, because sadly, there was there became a commercial aspect to it, where you know people would pay a lot to get the tickets, and you know people who could wait, and you know, um, as you said, who were lucky enough to have a first taste of it and were fans for life, kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was just thinking of that. I know it's a terrible comparison, but I was just thinking about that a bit, the way you were describing it. That there was something, uh, well, hopefully higher about the art, in this case of beer, or in that case of music and community, um, that... Uh, Here's the reverse, okay? So um, I've not been to this place, and I've not tried what they make, what they brew, but it's kind of considered to be one of the best places in the country, and it's way up in the... I think in the Northern Territories of Vermont, and it's this kid who has turned his family farm into a farmhouse, Cezanne's style brewery. It's called Hill Farmstead. They do very little distribution. So the way to get their stuff is to go there. <laughs> and, wow. you know, people line up there for the stuff on certain days where they can have access to it. And people drive in from New Jersey, you know, or Ohio, and they'll make the pilgrimage to the place to get the thing. And I love that when compared to somebody who it just seems like it becomes all about business where you're like, well, let's got, we got to send this down to Atlanta and people are lining up for it. I don't know. I really like the smaller local appeal where you've made something that's worth traveling to or for. And if it's not worth traveling to or for, for you, you you know, maybe you'll get to have it at some point in your life. Like, I don't know. And I know you have to actually put the effort in rather than just the money, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't, um, there's something about it that just feels, it's interesting because what we're talking about are business models essentially. And like one happens to make me feel better about, about spending money. And the other one makes me feel gross about spending money. And it's, it's kind of funny to think about how that, that morphs over to anything that's being created in a product space. Like how do you include people in a way that makes them feel good about it? I mean, every person who stood in a line this week for this stuff felt great about standing in a line for this Mm. stuff and felt, you know, they're one up on everybody who didn't. And yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I guess they should. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, The same thing is going to happen on April 24th when the Apple watch is released and there's going to be queues in front of the Apple stores and all that as well. Um, the funny thing about that is that if you were to wait, you would get it. And yeah, these, that's true. These that's things true. you can't yeah. wait. You have to. You you got one shot, pretty much. It's yeah, like West Lettering was in that way. Yeah, you just got to yeah be fortunate. Because remember when we were at West Lettering, you didn't know which one they they'd even have on. Um, oh, I, I, think I we yeah, got the I love 12, that. Twelve maybe, and like something like a 
uh, like a triple they were doing specially or something. See, this is the thing, Eddie. Like this is this is this this is part of this piece I'm thinking about writing, and I I don't know that I'm the writer for it. I don't know even what I'm trying to say, but that West Flatteran visit, or even when we were in a bar in Eper. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Eper. Little Eep. Yeah. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. Well, Drinking, I mean, uh, yeah. Drinking Popperings yeah. Amel beer and playing yeah. pool or whatever it was. Like those are experiences. And 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 those are experiences. And I think I think with, with the with something like beer, it the lure uh, in all of this mania, which feels kind of tulip style mania. Uh, people are losing sight uh, that it's about the experience. It's not about saying, oh, I had this of this vintage and this and this, and let me get these whales and, you know, let's do all this stuff. I And it's funny because I remember uh, last year I I was with a few people and I who were really deep into this, and I said, what was the best experience you had with something like this this year? Like, what's your favorite Story, like what happened and no everyone's like well i've had this 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 and this they just yeah, list, yeah, it's, it's all data off. it's yeah. data driven yeah. it's not about oh like just last night i had a friend over and we sat out on the front porch and my daughter was out there and uh we had a great time it was like a great evening it was really fun like it's yeah. the experience it's not like oh i checked this box and i wonder if that box checking is like um is it is it spreading as a as an attitude and a method of being? Yeah, well, it is in a sense that you know the way the the kind of the social web works because you kind of tick things off, don't you? It's um, they're badges. They're almost uh, you know yeah. when you get when you when you unlock things. It's kind of all yeah. that same crap, isn't it? So, that is. It really is. So you know, I, I, like I, I suppose on Untapped, I haven't spent enough time on it, but you. Um, you know, your profile looks better. You feel better about yourself with more of these check-ins and more of that kind of stuff. So um, certainly on rate beer, you, you know, people seem to be judged by how many reviews they've done and what beers yeah. they've had. Yeah. So it's got to be the same type of thing. Yeah. The the best functionality with Untapped is being able to search these, you know, names and of breweries and, and, and beer and see, like, where it's available, see what people are saying about it. You know, it's like, oh, oh, okay, I've heard of this thing. Oh, let me see what people are saying about it. Oh, okay, people say it's okay. And then just being able to keep a personal list so you remember, oh, I've had this once before, and I, here's what I thought about it. You know, the social yeah. aspect of it I, I, I'm not too plugged into, but um, it is kind of a nice – yeah, it's weird. It's like <laughs> – you kind of like some parts of the data universe and then other parts of it don't really make sense. Yeah. 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 It's a shame that that is, I mean, in some ways it's helped, it's helped this industry grow, um, which is why people are able to, or interested even to begin with in doing some cool things, but it's also, it's detriment at the same time, isn't it? Did you, uh, see the Enigma watch this week? Enigma watch? No. Some guy built a uh, like a digital smartwatch. You know, it's got a screen on it, and it it is a digital analog of the Enigma machine. Really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he so much so that I think you plug in codes from the old code sheets. 
you know, the print, the, the every day they'd get like a new printout because it would have the new like yeah, settings. Yeah, new, yeah, exactly. The Enigma settings. Yeah. Yeah. So how wow, are things over there at Bletchley Park? I see what it is now. It's the Bremont uh, is working. It's called a Codebreaker watch. You know, and I've seen it actually for sale in Bletchley Park. So I've seen this. If this is the same one we're talking about, huh. it's called the Bremont Codebreaker. I don't know. Um, this, this The one I saw looked like it was <clears throat> one of a kind made by a programmer, and he was talking about it. It was a video, and he's talking about how he programmed it to do these things. And it has, like, some... It looks stainless steel, and there are, like, these three brass buttons on the front of it. It looked a little steampunky. Oh, oh, no, this isn't that, then. Wow, okay, <laughs> interesting. And it wasn't... Wow. A, it wasn't... I don't think it was a watch at all. Like, it didn't tell time. But it was, like... Right. It was this Enigma machine. Uh. Cool. I've got. <laughs> wow. I've got to um, to check that out. Yeah, things are good at Bletchley Park. It's packed with tourists since this um, oh imitation game film, as you can imagine. Because really, people don't care about history until there's a film about it. Um, <laughs> right. So right. now it's just it's choked with visitors. I mean, it's so difficult for me to even park to get into our office these days because there's so many people there. But wow. it's great for us in some ways when we go and we talk to people or we do meetings and people say, where are you based? And we say, Bletchley Park. And they'll be like, oh, like in the movie. That's so uh, great. Yeah, I'm so like glad for you. <laughs> That's so great. I so, knew that would happen. Yeah, so it's funny. I, I have mixed feelings about it. In some ways, I think it's kind of a shame that, um, you know, before when we would connect with people and, and tell them Bletchley Park, if they got it, then we'd have a great conversation because they'd be into, you know, the Second World War in a special way that they'd know about what went on there. And But now it's just, oh, wow, do, did you see Benedict Cumberbatch and Keira Knightley when they were filming it? <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, I saw him there a couple times. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's it's a shame in a way. So it's, um, it's not unlike how beer has become commercial, you know. It's, uh, it, it has ruined a beautiful thing in some ways. So you've you uh, last one of the last times we talked, you were in a bar in Barcelona. Have you been traveling elsewhere? Yeah, so I was. I went to Mobile World Congress, which I needed to for work in Barcelona. And there's a great craft beer place. So my newest thing is whenever I travel, because this craft beer revolution is happening worldwide, there's always a good craft beer place um, in most of these cities. And my next trip is going to be to um, to Warsaw in Poland uh, in a few weeks, and, and nice. I think they've got like several craft beer bars there. I mean, who would have guessed? Um, and then I'm, I'm of two minds about that kind of thing, which is what I actually, while there, shouldn't I just go to a more traditional old pub, yes. you know, old Polish pub and just, yes. drink, you know, what to most people today would say is kind of boring beer. But actually, you know, I, I think maybe I'll do that over getting a, you know, a Californian IPA in some new build building in the middle of Warsaw kind of thing. Yeah, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drink American beer in in Poland. Yeah, I, like I know. personally, I, I, if I were in Poland, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't want. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it may be kind of a a, a, um, you, a simple you, lager of some sort, but you know, you hey. want to go in the place that's been around for eighty five years and has a little glimpse into a past that will be gone. You know, in ten years, like yeah, exactly. You want to yeah. see a little bit of that soul, I think. I do. I want to, but sometimes when you do want a good beer, I get you <laughs> know course. now that we have um, 
we have a baby and, and we're living in a village. I don't usually get out much in the evenings or even go to the craft beer places in London. So on business trips, that's kind of my opportunity. So I have this this mental battle that goes on whether I go for the modern craft beer that I love the taste of or mm-hmm. I go for a more traditional older beer and joint but um but yeah no not a ton of traveling um besides that coming up um but i love the idea of coming to atlanta for a long weekend maybe so i'm gonna go down and talk to stuff about that a bit i've got four kegs of sour beer made here and all four brett britannomyces beers everything's up and running at our little home brewery here so i've been going nuts for the last three months and so wow. I should, should have some interesting things by the summertime for sure. And um, is it going well? Have you have you stumbled on some magic it's been formulas? Go- yeah, it's been going great. I mean, yeah, everything's. You know, I've had to up my equipment game a little bit and change some practices, and but things are awesome. I'm making stuff that I'm really pleased with and also it shows room for growth too like mm. i know like what i need to do to kind of get to this next to 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 advance it in certain ways and yeah it's really fun and and i i have a kind of odd pride about it um that's great yeah i'm really psyched because i'm it's fairly experimental in that not everybody makes these beers with these wild yeasts and with Britannomyces. People just kind of fart around and experiment with them, but I'm I'm just fully into just making that. Wow, and uh, wow. so it's 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 really fun. Yeah, I'm having a blast. Dude, that's great. And and stupid question, but do you is it hard not to drink a lot of beer all the time when you when you're well, uh, cooking it up? Oh, you got uh, taste it obviously. Yeah, so it's kind of neat. I I I do have a little bit of a tech angle with it where I make notes in my calendar like, oh, okay, sample batch three today and be looking for this, this, and this, and I'll you know schedule it for three weeks from today. And so I just kind of rely on my calendar to help me kind of clue in with the batches that I've already made and when I should be testing them and when I should just be letting them <laughs> do their thing. And when I'm brewing, um, it's kind of an all-day process. And I'm not a big like, oh, I've got to be drinking while brewing, but mm. yeah, it's not like a party time for me. <laughs> no, no, I understand. I understand. Are but there, um, I like to be running around cleaning the house in addition to brewing or, you know, doing whatever. Yeah. Well, what about like, uh, with all the timings and the different batches you were saying, is there, yeah. are there apps nowadays that help with that? Or do you just use a calendar? Yeah, there's a good app. There are a couple of good apps, and and uh, they've got just every every single thing Eddie has advanced in the last five to ten years in a way that I just couldn't have predicted, and is incredible. And so there's this really good software program called Beersmith, which is a great kind of recipe formulator, and it keeps track of all your recipes and your notes and your tasting notes and all that kind of stuff. So wow. I've kind of thrown all my note taking at that and it seems to be holding up pretty well so yeah it's great that's great man that's great and the fact that everything i'm making is sour everything's like really refreshing and light and uh i'm not making these big alcohol bombs you know i i I don't 
I don't prefer those. So I don't either these days. Really. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I, yeah. It just wipes me can't out. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. It's crazy. Exactly. Can't do it. We're too like, old. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, we sampled three beers last night. One was called Substance from Bissell Brothers in Maine, which is incredible. It's just an unbelievable beer. It's so ridiculous how good it is. And then uh, another main beer called Epiphany from Foundation, which was in another insane beer. And then my friend brought over one from Russian River, which is kind of my favorite brewery in the U.S. from Santa Rosa. And it was like, it's just like a, I'm trying to remember what I was thinking about saying about all three of these, um, other than just name dropping. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, a power, you know, it's just like three different chords at the same time, chords of flavor that are, some are crescendoing while others are coming into being, and then one kind of descends while the other rises. I mean, it's mm. it's unbelievable uh, what these what the best people are able to make right now. It's just... Uh, Blowing me away. Yeah, it's really wow, fun. It's wow. it, it it's kind of weird because I'm interfacing with it in the same way that I have with art. Like I'm like having art experiences with the best what the best uh, brewers in America can put out right now. <laughs> wow. So yeah, blah blah blah. Wow, man, fantastic. That's making me thirsty. I'm gonna have to crack <laughs> open my uh, ska brewing. I'm gonna have a couple of beers tonight. Now, thanks for that. Sweet. Oof. 